Hello, and welcome to Sharing Our Journey, a podcast from Harrodsburg Baptist Church, where we're all about sharing our journey toward Jesus. Before we dive into our Bible question and answer session, we'd like to invite you to take that journey with us. To find out more, follow us on social media at HBC Harrodsburg or visit harrodsburgbaptist.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you very soon. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you being here. Appreciate your patience. We are continuing our uh, summary and review and study of the story. And we are now into the book of Ruth. So we are. We very are short in the book, book of Ruth. Very short book. Four chapters. And, you know, last week we did Judges. And Judges was like this rated R a war movie, very gruesome, very graphic, um, disturbing at times. And this week is almost like um, a Nicholas Sparks novel. It's just completely the opposite. It's it's a love story. I'm not going to lie to you, Bo. I have never read a Nicholas Sparks novel. Well, so neither I have know, I. But I don't know what that's about. And I think you probably have. But that's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> No, but I have seen A Walk to Remember, and uh, so there's that. I haven't um, seen that either. <laughs> uh, my point is is that it's a love story. Oh, okay. It's a love story. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. It's a love story. Um, well, and, and Pretty cool little book. Good little book, and you have to, you really have to keep in mind that this is during the time of Judges, and this is to be understood in context of the judge's timeline and yeah. setting, that makes all the difference in the world. Uh, it's not just a neat little book that happens. Uh, it's when you look at chapter one, the first line is during the time of the judges. Okay, yes. so so we know where we are, and it's very important that we look at it in that context. Yeah, it it is a uh, a pretty nasty world that they're surrounded by. Um, you know, and I think. One of the reasons that, well, I mean, we'll get into it later, I guess, but one of the reasons, like, We're when, they, get into it later, when Naomi and now. Ruth show up in Bethlehem, yeah, people are, like, astonished. Yeah. I think one of the reasons they're astonished, honestly, is because it's two women who've just traveled from a far land by themselves in, in a very terrible, uh, terrible place. Good point. So, um, you know, ravaged by violence uh, everywhere you look, so... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of contrast here. We've got these three characters who, who love the Lord in, in a time when people didn't. I mean, right. to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, and, so. and that's what I think is really, really cool about this book um, is when you look at Judges and you look at how Israel, the nation, was constantly sinning and they had that sin cycle we talked about and it, they're constantly falling away from God and then crying out and all that kind of stuff. You get to... This book, and you get to Ruth, and you see the individuals in it, and you get an yeah. idea of not only what what it looks like to be faithful from a personal standpoint, from from an individual standpoint, yeah. but you see what it looks like for God to continue to be faithful. Yeah, well, and, and that's part of what's really neat about it too is you know the story, the Bible study, of the story, 
yeah. talks about the upper story and the lower story, and we don't really talk about that much on Wednesday night. Um, we're focused a little. Our focus is a little different in this in this part of the the week. It's but, more erratic, uh, I think. <laughs> erratic focus would be a good definition. But this judges is kind of more almost an upper story level type thing. It's yeah. showing how God is um, moving in the nation of Israel, using individuals, but to protect Israel, the nation as a whole. And this is really a lower story type of a deal where it's it's very focused on these individual people right. and, and what's happening in their personal life. Right. <clears throat> Completely agree. So we're going to do things a, a little bit different because we have the opportunity to do the things like this. Because this book is only four chapters, we're just going to kind of hit the chapters as we go through. Hit First, we're going to start with chapter one, obviously. Um, but uh, And we're just going to hit hit the high points, hit things that um, speak to us, that stick out. If you have questions, please do not hesitate to uh, type those in. If there's something in there that, that you find interesting that you want us to comment on, please do not hesitate. Just remember there's like a 30-second time buffer between uh, us and what's on there, so it may take us a second to get there. And I shut down my computer because it was driving me crazy, so Bo's going to have to see the comments. Yeah, so you got multiple gigs going on now. All right. Well, so far, there are none, Okay. But we'll see what happens. Okay, so let's start in Chapter 1. Uh, like I said, it's set in the time of Judges, and there's a famine in the land, and a man left Bethlehem in yeah. Judah. So there's more than one Bethlehem, by the way, and this is the one in Judah. So he leaves, takes his wife, his two sons, and they take off, and where do they go? Where are you going to vacation if you leave Bethlehem? <laughs> huh? Well, they go to Moab. They go to Moab. Yeah. And we've, we've come across Moab and the Moabites once before already. Yes, we uh, have. In, in the week we talked about the wilderness. Yes. Um, the, there was a story that we talked about my, with, one with, of my favorite with Balaam stories. and his donkey. One of my favorite stories. And Balaam's hired by King Balak. Barak. To, yeah. Balak. Balak. Yeah. yeah. Balak. Yeah, yeah, Balak. Yeah. Something like that. Yes. Um, to curse the Israelites. Mm-hmm. He he's, he's scared of them. He doesn't want them there. He doesn't like them. He hires this guy to curse them because yep. um, he's like this, a, a wise man who, right. who does that kind of thing. So, um, but Balaam, of course, tells him, hey, I can only say what the Lord puts in my mouth. And he ends up blessing Israel instead because the Lord's looking after Israel. Right. Um, the bottom line is they're enemies. They're enemies. That and is they the don't like line. each other. They do not. They do not like each other at all. So obviously, this is a pretty decent, pretty decent famine if they're taking off and going to Moab to yeah. find food and to take refuge. Right. Well, it does make me wonder, and I, I mentioned this to you before we started. I'm going to let you do this uh, one on your own. <laughs> well, okay. It says there's a famine and they leave, but all throughout this book, we see, um, you know, we kind of we see. Naomi's character, we mm-hmm. see Ruth's character, we see Boaz's character, mm-hmm. all people of the same family. And I almost wonder, and I can't prove it, but I wonder if Elimelech takes his family in the midst of this famine out of Israel because he doesn't like, like we said, this is the time of the judges. Yes. Israel is not following um, the Lord. Right. And you might even be able to draw the line, draw a line to the famine there, and say the Lord has sent a famine upon them because they're not following them, but following Him. 
maybe maybe Elimelech wanted to remove his family from the nation for a time um to uh to get away from that and, and I don't think you're wrong in the in the fact that you know they are faithful yeah i mean and and that's what this entire book this is about whole book is, is about it, you know yeah. what it looks like what yeah. it looks like to be faithful yeah and uh and so they're in moab the two sons get married okay so here's here's you know the um, the bad part of the story that sets everything up Naomi's husband dies. Yep. Shortly thereafter, her sons die. Mm-hmm. So now it's just Naomi and her two daughter-in-laws. And why is that a big deal? Well, <laughs> I, I will tell you why it's a big deal. But first, let me preface everything I say from this point on is that I will try to say the word Orpah, but it's going to come out Oprah <laughs> at least once. And I'm mm. sorry. So one of the daughter-in-law's name is Orpa, and the other one is Ruth. So now you have you have three women who have no husbands. Right. Okay. Um, the younger ones can remarry, but everything depends upon man, men, and yeah. you know the male of the species, because this is such a culture. And which is dominated by men and yeah. and the reliance on man for you know support and all that kind of stuff, and right. then you have you have Naomi who's a a, a widow, mm-hmm. which is a double strike because and Naomi will tell you know Ruth, look, I'm too old, I'm too old for this i can't I can't have a son if I do have a son, you won't be able to marry him, you're never going to be my daughter again. if you do marry somebody you I'm, I'll never see you again right. you, we're done. So it's um, a lot of it has to do with the culture, and it's a culture we don't understand uh, at today. We can get a glimpse of it, but you know, until you're in that culture, I don't think you're ever really going to understand the yeah the pickle that there is. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, to to put it lightly. Um, yeah, and 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 that passing on. Continuing the family line, mm. super important um, in in Israeli culture, uh, especially in that day. Um, well, that's how all the all the all the property trans yeah you know, everything every, yeah. all the wealth everything all of was, the inheritance all the inheritance. Thank you. Yeah. I couldn't think of the word. Went to uh, you know the oldest the oldest son, mm-hmm. and also it was a big deal to them that you know if your family line dies out, well your family name dies out. Yeah. And that was Huge. a big deal. That was a big deal. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's not a not a not a happy situation we're in here in the first yeah. ten verses of chapter one. Well, and and Naomi is very stand up about it. She 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 wants what's best for her daughter in laws. Yeah. And they want she wants them to go back to their people and you know have See, a new life. Even there, we get we get a picture of Naomi's character. Yeah. You know because. She, in the midst of her grieving, um, she's and, and lost the, her husband the first, and two kids. The first time I read this a long, you know, a long time ago, I was like, oh, "It's kind of like it's kind of like um, y- you know those movies where you you get to the um, sad part of the movie and the and the guys like telling the dog or his horse or something to go away. Like you're better off without me. Get out of here." <laughs> 
like it kind of makes you think of that. But but then you read it again, and you're like, no, she's she's really trying to protect them. She's trying to take she's trying to take care of them in her own way because she yeah. knows she can't provide for them. Right. Right. And so she's like, you're better off just going back to your father's house, you know. And, yes. But and and Orpa chooses to leave. Right. And and she shouldn't get any. We shouldn't shame her for that because she did exactly what Naomi asked her. Yeah. And uh, Ruth decides to stay uh, after a, a nice little argument between the two of go, yeah. stay, go, stay. And I love uh, Ruth's reply when you get to chapter 16 of, or verse 16 of chapter 1. And Ruth replies, don't plead with me to abandon you or to return and not follow you. For wherever you go, I will go. Yeah. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. I mean, that's that is devotion. That in right there, you know. I mean, to say, hey, I could go back to my father's house. I could stay with my people. My father would probably find me a new husband. But I'm going to go with you, where I know we might be walking into nothing, poverty. Yeah, complete poverty. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go into a land where I know they don't like me, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm going to you know worship your God, yeah, who might not accept me, right? And, <laughs> and what I love about this, and we talked about the faithfulness and and with your theory on yeah. on them, how did you know? How did how did Ruth know? Right. About their God. Well, right. obviously, I'm, Naomi and the family have been talking yeah. about him. Even the phrase, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Yeah. That's, you know, God says, you will be my people and I will be your God. Yeah. You know, so yeah. she's heard that phrase. Yeah. She yeah. knows. And and you can you can almost feel that Naomi, at, at some point, they're all sitting around a fire and they're saying, this is what, you know, Yahweh said to us. Yeah. Yeah. That he's going to be our God and we're going to be his people. So Ruth comes in to convince them and says, you know, your people are my people. You're got to be my God. I remember right. the story. So yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. I, yeah, I love it too. Um, also, before that happens, uh, it, I love that it says in verse 14 that Ruth clung to her. Yeah. Like, I mean, she is, she's all in. She's like, I'm not leaving you, yeah. you know? and. It, it's such a great picture of really just the unconditional love of God toward mm. us. I mean, is is it not that 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 He would just? It, it doesn't matter what happens. I am with you, yeah. and I am not leaving. Like He just clinging to. Yeah. She's just clinging to Naomi, and and I love that. Even after she's just said, you know, for us speculating about how much she must have told Ruth about her God, she says. Because the Lord's hand has gone out against me in verse thirteen, um, she's she's almost convinced she's bitter, and yeah. she's almost convinced um, that there mu- she must have done something, and the right. Lord's against her. Right. Well, and even then, when she gets back to uh, Bethlehem, she mm-hmm. you know she tells them, "Don't call me Naomi," because yeah. Naomi me, means call me Mara. <laughs> uh, uh, Naomi means I want to say uh, sweetness. Um, sweet I, I think you time. are right about that. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. You say I'm thinking I'm wrong? No, I think you're right about oh, that. Yeah, yeah, I think I am too, but, you know. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't see that while I was studying about it this time, but that does sound really I familiar. I think it's sweetness. I'm almost positive it's sweetness. And then uh, because, and yeah, it is sweetness because Mara means bitter. Yeah, it means bitter. Sorry, yeah. I had to. Yeah, Mara means bitter. So it's like the exact opposite. You know, yeah. I left here, God took care of me, but now I'm returned and I'm 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 just, I'm the exact opposite of what happened when I left. Uh, yeah. But I want to say real quick, um, 
before I get there is uh, just I want to clarify something because I love this verse. Uh, when Naomi, when uh, after Ruth said her little spiel to Naomi, it says when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped talking to her. I don't know what your translation says, but it's it's literally means she stopped trying to convince her. It says stopped urging her. Okay. Yeah. 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 The yeah, the one I've got it just looks like she was like. Pfft. And they, they walked to Bethlehem in silence. <laughs> well, that's not what that means. Oh. Yeah. But anyway, okay, I had to get that out. Yeah. Well, you know, I think uh, there's, when I, when I read scripture, I like to ask myself, you know, where's the life in the verse? Where's the hope? And I, I've said that on here before. Um, you know, how can I apply this to me today? And, and there's two things here I think that, that we see. One is that you've got this woman who is grieving mm-hmm. and, and, the, and Ruth who is, who is set, who has made up her mind, I am going to do whatever I can to stay with you and take care of you. Right. And um, like we already said, it's such a great picture of God's love. And I just, you know, I look at, I examine my own life and I say, okay, well, who do I know that's grieving? Mm. Who do I know that's hurting? And am I willing to go that far for them? Um, you know, what am I willing to do to make sure that they know right. that they're loved, that God, that God loves them? Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then the other thing, when you're on the other end of that spectrum and you're the one that's grieving, are you willing to accept help? Because she stops urging her to leave. Yeah. You know, she yeah. finally accepts, yeah. okay, you're, you're going to stay with me. I'm going to trust you with that. I'm going to stop asking you to leave. Yeah. And uh, and she accepts that that offer of love and devotion, and um, you know sometimes we in our pride just continue to push people away, away, mm-hmm. away, when uh, we need to just um, trust trust someone and, and let them help us. Right, I completely agree. So we get to they return to Bethlehem, which is just that thought of these two women walking from. Moab to Bethlehem by themselves. Uh, that's that's a feat in and of itself. But they get in. Uh, all the townspe- uh, townspeople see them. And, and I want you to notice, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but uh, if you notice, you have Ruth, Naomi, Orpah. Almost did it. Ruth, Naomi, Oprah. I, <laughs> I knew I was going to do it. And the um, and who's who's in the town that that you know says, "Oh my gosh, look who could this be?" Naomi, the local women. You know, this is a very female dominated story. Mm-hmm. You know, other yeah. than Boaz and the unnamed kinsman, right? That's it. That's the only you know. Uh, this is a very female-dominated story. Yeah. There's, and, there's the men in the field working yeah, well, in the, the field, in the field but, yeah. yeah. But the men in the field don't have any lines, you know, no, no dialogue. They, they, one of them tells Boaz who, na- that's who Ruth the, is, but that's, that's, that's it. That's, that's it. That's, that's it. That's the You're supervisor. Right. He's not the man in the field. He's the supervisor. <laughs> okay. So anyway, but I want you to make note of the women uh, in in the town because they do have dialogue, and their dialogue is really cool, especially when we get to the end. Okay. That's foreshadowing. Now, <laughs> we're going to get to uh, chapter two. It, no questions, right? We'll just keep driving on. New, there's a news flash from, from Tara Gibson that says, uh, it's a bad idea to name your kids sick and dying if you expect them to live. 
Okay. Uh, Milan and uh, yes. uh, Chilion. E- exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Uh, sick and dying. Yes. I. Yes. I'm almost certain that's probably not their names. <laughs> I'm almost <laughs> certain. But because they do, that's what that means. Um, okay, so Naomi had a relative on her husband's side. He was a prominent man of noble character from Alamelech's family. His name was Boaz. Here we go. Boaz is walking in. So we're at chapter two, and I, I want to, I want to, I'm going to focus on one part, and I'll let you say something uh, when I do this. Verse four says, later when Boaz arrived in Bethlehem, he said to the harvesters, Lord be with you. They replied, Lord bless you. Okay, they do have dialogue. The harvesters <laughs> do have dialogue. Lord bless you. But I, I want you to see that at the very first introduction of Boaz, that here's a man of faith. Yeah. He is a noble man. He is, may yeah. the Lord bless you. And the harvesters right back, the people that, that work for him know this, so they're replying. So we're seeing that Boaz is a man of character and a man of faith. Right. What you got? Um, well, nothing. Just that that's, that's what, that was my point at the beginning was that this seems to be a family who actually uh, is striving to, to serve God and to love God. And, uh, and here we see that again in, in Boaz's life. Well, yeah. and, and he is family. He's what, uh, he's related to them in some form. And we'll get to the idea of the, a kinsman redeemer here yeah. in a second. Right. Um, but Boaz um, meets Ruth. Ruth is in the field uh, at the back, mm-hmm. picking up leftovers, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and Boaz notices her. This is a small town, Bethlehem. It's right. a little thing. He knows there's a Moab woman in town. Who's that? That's the Moabite. Everybody knows. Well, <laughs> and that's what they, and they and that's how they refer. That's the Moabite. Yeah. So let's understand that there is you know. It's very it's very telling that scripture says they don't say that's Naomi's daughter in law they don't say that's so and so's former wife they say that's the Moabite because there is some she's an outsider right basically and uh, she's been in the field finally Boaz talks to her and he's very impressed with Ruth he's very impressed that she is. Left Moab to take care of Naomi. Won't leave Naomi. Yeah, uh, he's 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 really fond of her. Mm-hmm. And in verse twelve, he says, "May the Lord reward you for what you've done, and may you receive a full reward from the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge." Yeah, and that also will be foreshadowing because we'll talk about that also. Very good. Thank you. Um. I I like that a couple of things in in here that that I like about it is in verses uh, six and seven, yes, where he's telling uh, Boaz about about her. Yeah, you know he he says that um, she said, "Please, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters." She went into the field and she and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. Yeah. Um, and I just, again, looking at her character, like who she is, she's, she's, she's here in this place. She's doing this menial task that's for 
the people who this is this is a law in in their law in the law that the Lord gave. He he. It's almost like, in a way, sort of a built-in welfare system so, in a yeah, way. Yeah, like, exactly. like it's yes. to take care of yes. poor people. You're supposed to not pick up the 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 grain that falls right. when you're sheaving it up. You you um, you let the poor people come behind you and and pick it up, glean, yeah. glean it. That's what gleaning is. So yeah. so she's doing this thing. She's 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 bending over all day. You know, like I mean. You've done stuff like that. It makes your back hurt, and you, it's be easy that. to I've, easy I've, to complain. I haven't done anything like that in a long time. And and, she, and she's only taking a short rest, yeah. and she's just out there working. And I'm just man, look at her character. It, uh, well, and for people around here, you know, think about this. Like you said, it's it's almost like a built-in wef- welfare system. When people around here cut tobacco or bale hay or whatever. They're letting people walk through the fields and pick up the scraps. Right. Understand that's not an easy task. No. It's you know. No. And you're not, not at all. going. To, you're not going to get a lot of a lot. It's Mm-mm. it's it's a lot of work for very little return. And you'll notice in the story, he gives her extra yes. at, at times. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so that she has enough. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I just like that she's she's working so hard and she's mm-hmm. just putting forth that again. It shows her faithfulness to Naomi, right? That she would put forth so much effort to take care of her. Um, and the other part I wanted to point out is is that I don't I don't know which verse it is in here, but um, Boaz doesn't just let her continue to do that and ask her to come back so that she can continue to do that. Like he's providing for her in a sort of a financial way in a way because yes. he's, you know he's providing food for her and Naomi but he also asks the men mm-hmm. not to touch her right and, and again we're and in the time of the judges mm-hmm. where a lot of terrible sinful things are happening yep and he has made it clear to his men that work for him do not touch this woman well, it's, it's showing it's, his character <laughs> yeah well uh, not only don't touch her but don't make fun of her it's yeah. verse 15. Right. It's, Can you imagine that the, she's worked all day probably being made fun of by yeah. some of these guys, hearing their dirty jokes and stuff all day out in the field. Yep. So. Yeah. And it's verse 15 for those of you following at home. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, I want to point one thing out uh, that uh, somebody in my class pointed out at our Bible study last week when we went over this, that, um, you know, he's. Boaz tells him, "When you're thirsty, go and drink from the water drawn from the well." Mm-hmm. And he's and and they said, "Oh, isn't that neat? You know, there's a a foreign uh, a foreign woman being sent to the well, and Boaz is taking care of her. And then later on, we see a foreign woman yeah. at a well, and Jesus uh, offers her, yeah, you know, that, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, it's a really nice picture. Yeah. So that they they, they, they picked that up. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's Jesus is all over this thing. You know? Oh yeah, just, oh yeah. In every single book, he's there. So, yeah. Anything else from chapter two? Uh, no. To... And then the other thing is, I, I would just say on twenty twenty one. Um, uh, he also told me to stay with my young men until they finished all of my harvest. So once you get back to that point of how he was being protective mm-hmm. of her. Uh, when, cause, cause of course Ruth goes back and tells Naomi, Hey, right, here, right. here, this is everything that happened, which is very important. 
because then we get to chapter three. Well, you get it's it's important that we see. I think that we see Naomi rejoice. Oh yeah, like she oh, has yeah. been in grief. She doesn't know how they're going to survive, and all of a sudden, she gets a glimpse of hope. You yeah. know. And she gets that glimpse of hope because someone loved her enough to stick with her through the hard time. Yeah, and and it's important that when you look at the last uh, verse of or the last yeah the last verse of chapter two, that this is something that happened throughout the harvest. All right, a lot of times when you read it, you don't get a concept at the time, mm-hmm. so it, it's almost like okay, so this happened one day, and the next day, they she goes tells Naomi, and this happens. No, no, no. This happened throughout the harvest. So yeah. you have seen, Naomi has seen how Ruth is being faithful to her, how Boaz is being faithful to Ruth, and now we get a picture of Naomi being faithful to, to everybody else. Yeah. Come chapter three, which is what I like to call the matchmaking chapter. <laughs> All right, so what do you got on three? I'll let you go first. Oh, me? Oh, great. Um, well, let's see. It pretty much starts with Naomi saying, "Hey, this is what I want you to do." Yeah. She's, well, she said it's time. It's you. You got to. You got to get out from underneath me. Yeah. You know, she's like she. You know, you're you're a beautiful. You know, you almost. You know, you're a beautiful girl. You you got to because chapter, uh, my daughter shouldn't I find rest for you? You know, she's worried about her. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. want her taking care of her, her whole life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Um. So she she kind of she asks her to do this kind of weird thing, right? To to go and almost spy on Boaz, wait for him to <laughs> finish his work, wait for him to lay down. He's he's out on the threshing floor, yeah. which means he's not going back to his house and sleeping at home. Right. He is out in the field basically, sleeping mm-hmm. in the field. Um so and she tells him and and you can there's a little tension here cuz she's like this is what I want you to do. All right. I want you to go get cleaned up. Uh-huh. I want you to put on some perfume, uh-huh. put on the nicest clothes you got. Yeah. I want you to go to where Boaz is going to be, wait till he finishes eating and right. drinking, right. and he's in a really good mood, and then I want you to sneak in. You know, you're it's, like it oh. sounds so creepy. It does. It sounds creepy. And it's, you know, where does you your know mind? What? Where it, does your mind? It's not good dating advice. This. Oh day no, and no, age. you <laughs> don't do not do this at home. But but I, I mean, we have read enough. We have read enough just in Genesis to know that oh, this could be bad. You know, th- this yeah. could be bad. We're, this is going. This is not going to end well. But. She does do something weird. I'm gonna let you go because I know you want. You've been wanting to talk about sleeping at, at his feet. Well, forever. No, I just wanted to say <laughs> mostly just that you know she, what does she do? She uncovers his feet. Yes, and then she asks him to take the corner of his, um, of his cover and cover her with it. Yes, and really, it's it's a proposal. I mean, is it, kind of what it is. I mean, it, he, she's saying, hey. I'm ready to, dev- to devote myself to you. Right. You know, what, what do you think? Right. <laughs> and it sounds weird, but in that day, um, it was it was a culturally... Courting ritual. Yeah, it was a thing that they did. And it was a culturally honorable way to propose marriage at that time. It wasn't, it wasn't scandalous like it sounds it, uh, to us now. Um, and I really think that her doing that um, 
that God, it was it was an integrity move on her part. Yes. It wasn't a scandalous thing. It wasn't a creepy thing. And I think God honors that integrity. And, and I mean, we know at the end of the book, we're going to know, hey, he weaves her right into uh, his story of redemption. Yeah, and and, and 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 also there's there's this trust and faith on Ruth's part that Boaz is going to be a gentleman about this. Yeah, I mean he you sure know, he's, yeah. he's going to be a gentleman. This is us. the time of the judges, exactly. But here we go. Uh, I told you earlier a foreshadowing, verse nine. Uh, so she, she kind of stirs or he jerks awake or something like that. And verse nine says, you know who who's, who goes there basically. And she says, I am Ruth, your servant. Take me under your wing, for you are a family redeemer yeah. or a kinsman redeemer. Mm-hmm. Take me under your wing. What was it Boaz said to her when he talked about how proud he was? He said, may the Lord reward you for what you've done, and may you receive a full reward from the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you may have refuge. Right. So so not only is, you know, she remembered he said that he said, you know, take refuge under God's wing. And now she's she's giving it right back at him. Take me under your wing. Right. Uh, and give me refuge. So I, I love that. I okay. found I found one other place where this is mentioned, this mm-hmm. ritual. Mm-hmm. And it's in the book of Ezekiel. And it's from chapter 16. And it's it's God speaking to through Ezekiel to the Israelites. Right. And God says, later I passed by, and when I looked at you and saw that you were old enough for love, I spread the corner of my garment over you yeah. and covered your nakedness. I, I gave you my solemn oath and entered into a covenant with you, declares the sovereign Lord, and you became mine. There you go. So there you go. I mean, that's the exact picture we got. We have here, you know, that we're getting here is, is, is also this illustration of, of exactly what God has done for for us. Yeah. Um, so it seems a little weird, you know, at the at when we read it from our modern Western mindset, but it's it's absolutely not. Well, there's uh, no doubt in my mind. In about again, know, it's pointing us two hundred years. People are going to look at us and go, "Oh, they put rings on their fingers." <laughs> so yeah. <sighs> right. So that that's what I have for that part of it. Uh, Kinsman Redeemer. Do you want to talk about Kinsman Redeemer? So the idea is, uh, I'll start. The idea is that if I am related to uh, Naomi and Ruth, if I'm related to them, uh, stand by <laughs> just one. Are you about to get kidnapped? What's happening? On Monday? Yeah. On Sunday. Sunday. Oh, Sunday. <laughs> Which roof? Y'all don't even know, do you? The garage <laughs> roof. There's a party on the roof Sunday. Party okay. On party on the roof. Okay. I'll get. It. Do you know what time it is? Eight thirty. What are y'all bringing? Uh, do I need? Do I need to you bring yourselves? Yeah. Do I need to bring a date? No. Okay. No All, right. All right. All you need to bring is just yourself. Maybe a date. And maybe a cell phone. And a cell phone. Gotcha. I can do that. Thank also, you all. Also, also bring cereal for us. Cereal. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> what kind of cereal? Huh? What kind of cereal? Like a, I'm not gonna ask. Like a brand? I'm not gonna ask. <laughs> yeah. Grape nuts. Get, get that fiber. Uh, I don't know. Where were we? Kinsman Redeemer. Kinsman okay, Redeemer. So 
when the patriarch dies yes. of the family and there's no other male to take over within the immediate family, mm-hmm. well, then what happens, Mark? It goes to the first cousin or the second cousin. Yes. There's, the, or there's the a, brother. Or a brother. Bro- yeah. yeah, line of succession. Whoever the closest yeah. next of kin is. Exactly. They are supposed to, according to the law that God gave Israel, mm-hmm. gave Moses, they are supposed to take up the that family's name, take yes. care of them, continue to um, continue the line, uh so that the family name doesn't fall into exactly um, you know, to yes. the wayside. Yes, and we will get to the idea of the family name here in just a second. But mm-hmm. the the idea of kinsman redeemer is is very you know that's that's right. what all this is about because now you get the idea that Boaz wasn't next in line. There's another guy, right? And no, we don't even know who the other guy is. No, that's what I love now, about this. Now, Elimelech, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, died in, in Moab. Yeah. Well. Could this guy be his brother? Really, it's supposed to be the brother. I mean, the law says if law your says brother, brother dies, yeah, yeah, it, that you. The law says that if the brother dies, the brother takes the wife and has a kid. With right, her. right, yeah. So that right. the name so will be community. If they're not willing, hold on a second. I'm watching you guys on Turn here. I'm watching you guys on here. <laughs> hey, did uh, I can't get you? I can't get you turned off. What's okay? There's technology is challenging. Did. I, I did some kids come in here and say there's a party on a roof on Sunday? Not this room. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. Bunch of them. That's good to know. There's a party on the roof come Sunday morning. Okay. I'm supposed to bring my cell phone and me. Are, are we celebrating something? Contrary to popular opinion, it's probably a good idea to bring Holly. And, okay. Okay. <laughs> yes, and we are celebrating something. Victory! <laughs> <laughs> Complete victory, right? Easter. Jesus is yes. alive. That's yes. what we're celebrating. Yes. No better way to celebrate Jesus than with coffee and pancakes and eggs and ice cream. We're not having ice cream. Okay. But we are having biscuits, even though he didn't want them. I didn't, it's not that I didn't want biscuits. Love you guys. <laughs> okay. So, All right. Since the Redeemer. some dude takes over for the rest of the family. Let's. Okay. Not just some dude. It's supposed well, to, it's someone in the family. But here's the thing. Normally, it would have been Elimelech's brother. Well, we don't know if he even has a brother. Right. Maybe it's this other guy. Maybe it's not. It could have also been his sons. Well, guess what? His sons are out of the picture now, too. They're dead. So that is that is a really sticky situation, like a pickle, as you said earlier. Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, so there is no brother, as far as we know. There's no sons to take over. Um, so now it's, it's, it is, uh, left to, I mean, I don't even, when they come back, does no, Naomi even know if there's going to be anyone right. left in her family? Right. So yeah, here we are. Yeah. Bo- Boaz and, shows up on the scene. And Boaz and, being an, an honorable man yeah. goes to him and says, Hey, you got to take care of this. You know, here, here they are. Right. You know, you, you get all the property and the guy's like, cool, I'll take all the property. And he also get, you know, Naomi and Ruth. And he's like, nah. Actually, actually, what I love no, about he, that he says you got to take you got to take Ruth. Actually, actually, what I love about it is he says he doesn't say you got to take Ruth. He says you got to take the Moab, <laughs> the, the Moabite. Yeah, 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 the Moabite. You got to take the Moabite. So you know he's not silly. I, you know he knew, he knew, and the guy mm. the the guy declines, and right. Boaz steps up, and uh, they get married, they have a kid, uh, and they do. live happily ever after. But I want to point out a couple of things. When um, 
Verse 14 of chapter 4. The women said to Naomi, this is the women of the village, all right? Blessed be the Lord who has not left you without a family redeemer today. May his name become well known in Israel. He will renew your life, sustaining your old age. Indeed, your daughter-in-law who loves you and is better to you than seven sons has given birth to him. The neighbor, it goes on, and says, the neighbor women said, a son has been born, have been born to Naomi, and they named him Obed. Who named him? The, the, the women. The village women named him. It's the only time in, Bible, in the Bible that you see that someone is named by a group of people outside the family. Hmm. How cool is that? that uh, is there was something else I was going to talk about, Bo, and I can't remember what it was. Go ahead. What well, do you got? Uh, well, I mean, again, the kinsman redeemer is, you know, refers to a deliverer. Mm-hmm who rescues his family uh, and an estranged family <laughs> um, and redeems redeems them, right. redeems their land. And so in that, too, we also see, again, a picture of, of, of Christ. Yes. Um, and, and we see, uh, once again, the faithfulness, the faithfulness right. of God, um, the, faithful, the faithfulness of what it looks like to be, to live faithfully for God, um, and then, then it ends, chapter four ends with, first off it ends, they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Yeah. All right. So this is cool. This is, you know, he was, he was, uh, he was David's grandfather. Right. All right. That's awesome. But then they go on and they go back through the, the genealogy again. Right. Right. And it says, now these are the family records of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron, Hezron fathered Ram. I want you to look at, do you notice anything about that, Bo? About, uh, about eight, that genealogy? 18, 18 through 22? Yeah. I mean, I do, but I doubt it's what you've noticed. So there's 10. You, there's 10. That is what I noticed. How did you notice that? <laughs> I study. I study. This is the third time. Third time. First time was? Genesis. Uh, Adam, Adam to Noah. Adam to Noah. And then Noah to Abram. Adam, Noah, what happened? Well, flood. Right. Right. There's like a new age. I mean, it's new the, age. Thank yeah, you. That's what I was looking for. Adam starts the new age. Yes. It, you know, and, and then there's Adam. An and then Noah to Abraham. Abraham, another new age. And here we are. Here we are. To David. And we're about to start another new age, new the age. age of the king. The king. Right. And so we end the book. Leading into the age of the kings, yeah. um, which is a yeah, it's a really cool transition. Yeah, it's a it's a great literary transition yeah. to first first Samuel. Uh, again, knowing that God was meant to be their king. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. What else? you got? Anything else in chapter four? I, I mean. Uh, you know, I, the only thing, not in chapter four, just kind of overview overall, uh, some of the things I noticed, uh, I, I, I was telling you earlier, I really like how, um, Naomi or how Ruth's story is very similar to the story of Abraham, mm -hmm. Abraham, who was called to leave and go to a foreign land. And here is Ruth. Now, Abraham was offered a promise. Ruth just did it because she was faithful. 
uh, but you 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 get that same feel yeah. uh, in that story. And then the um, the whole idea of faithfulness in this book, mm-hmm. and we get a picture of God's covenant faithfulness. You know, that's what this is about. You know, when we get to King David, well, we know that, you know, Jesus is in the line of David. We know that this is where it's going to, we start to see how this is going to start to end up. Right. You know, we see where we're getting ready to to, right. to end. And, and you get this whole idea of covenant faithfulness that even in the time of judges, even when Israel is just terrible, there are still people that are faithful and yeah. God's going to use them. And there's nothing, there's nothing, there's no super strength, you know, there's, there's nothing special, but they're yeah, ordinary people. Really, when you want to, if you want to compare them to the judges in the book of Judges, they're way better than them. And oh, yeah. And, I mean, Samson did have super strength. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But, you know, I'd take Boaz any day over Samson. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and you get, that's what you, you get the whole idea of these are just, just regular people. Yeah. And as, and as great as the judges were, as far as how God used them and all that, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm fairly, there's no judges in the line of David. Right. Yeah. You know. And again, to clarify about the, the genealogy and the, and the new ages, like, that was meant to be a turning point where people came back to the Lord. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, know? yeah um, exactly. And we'll see what happens in the, in yeah. the, in the following weeks oh, from now. Oh, it's going to get good now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I, I do think it's cool how, how the book ends that way. Yeah. Uh, listen, dude, that's all I got. I, you know what? I'll say this, too. Okay. I'll say this, too. Do you want to read something? No, no. I'm just going to say that the book opens with with death mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i mean uh elimelech and his sons they die and yep. and there's there is grief and there's death and by the end of the book we have life and yeah. joy yeah. you know they are there's a rejoicing yeah. in in this situation and and new life that's being born and lives coming together yeah. and and uh so it's just it, it it really does show this cycle almost of hey yeah you know you might be grieving right now mm-hmm. in, in the things that you've lost but just keep walking on keep loving the lord and see what happens right because there's probably joy in life just right around the corner yeah um so what yeah that yeah it it kind of is <laughs> yeah 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 uh-huh we just we were just told that that's kind of how the Bible starts and ends yeah, with death and then new is. life. And you're exactly right. Uh, and and it is this is one of the this is one of the the books and it's it's almost like I mean, it's almost like God knew what He was doing. This is such a cool story, and it's such a I, for lack of better terms, it's a feel good story. Mm-hmm. And we need that. Mm-hmm. We need that after looking at the judges. Yeah. And we need that to prepare us for what's going to come. Mm-hmm. So. That's called a teaser. Very, very good. Well, um, that's all that I have about the book of Ruth. It looks like you're good. You're shaking your head. Yeah, close Uh, us out. Well, this has been Sharing Our Journey, a question and answer podcast. We're going through the story right now. We thank you for joining us. Please uh, continue to send us your questions. 
um, through comments. You can follow our podcast at anchor.fm forward slash sharing our journey. And uh, we hope to hear from you very soon. And we hope that you'll join us on Sunday morning at 830 as we celebrate our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, We will be having breakfast and free coffee from the Rooster's Whistle. Uh, this Sunday morning at 8:30, and then we'll then we'll move. That's out on that's outside on the top uh, deck of our parking structure, and then we will move inside for worship at 10 o'clock. Uh, so we hope to see you there as we celebrate Jesus this this Easter Sunday. Um, good night. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for sharing our journey. If you have a Bible question, please send it to Mark at harrodsburgbaptist.org and we'll try to answer it in the future. If you'd like to join us for worship, we come together on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Harrodsburg Baptist Church, 312 South Main Street, Harrodsburg, Kentucky. For more information, follow us on social at HBC Harrodsburg or visit harrodsburgbaptist.org. As you go, we pray that you will share your journey toward Jesus with others. May the love of the Father, the grace of Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.